Welcome, folks, to Brandon Man Ministries, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ, not through any agency of man, but by the grace of God alone. So during this episode of Open Your Bible, we will examine the biblical principle of free will. Now let's agree right off the bat here that like many terms used in theology, free will is not found anywhere in Holy Scripture, at least not in that phrase. However, the concept of man's ability to make decisions for themselves is spoken of throughout the Bible quite frequently. As an example, let's, let's look at this verse from Matthew. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. Now this verse indicates having a choice. You either enter through the narrow gate or the wide gate. Simple choice. However, no choice is ever made in a vacuum. There's always external circumstance that affect it, no matter how small. So let's look at this from a clear perspective without drowning ourselves in needless philosophy or psychology. Jonathan Edwards, arguably one of the greatest theologians of all time, described free will as the mind choosing. Very simple definition, the mind choosing. And as we know, our minds are in a constant state of decision making. All throughout our day, our minds are making decisions, big and small. But what inclines a person to make one decision or another. And that's where we're at scripturally. If you come to a four-way intersection in your car, for example, you have four choices. You go, you can either go straight, you can turn right, you can turn left, or you can stay where you're at. Whatever your choice, something gave you the desire to make that choice. No matter how insignificant it is, something did. As a result, the biblical concept of free will is not about a particular choice or a particular option. Instead, it's about the choosing. So how is humanity typically inclined to choose? That's what we look at here, and that what is, that's what is described in Scripture. How is humanity typically inclined to choose? Now, unfortunately, if you look at this through man-centered thinking, it has distorted that biblical principle, that concept of choosing to imply that man is free to make whatever choice he wants and to make it without any predetermined factors or conditions. That's a distortion of the scripture. Now, we know that that thinking, that man-centered thinking, is incorrect on its face. For an example, a man cannot violate the laws of nature simply by choosing. So there are preconditions. There are factors that come into play. We cannot choose to fly or breathe underwater on our own. Our selection is based on our greatest tendency to do one thing or another. We do not attempt to breathe underwater because our greatest tendency is not to drown. So there is a outside factor. There are consequences or implications to whatever decision we make. So where does this fall into biblical rationale? 
Well, the Bible clearly states that humanity's greatest tendency is to resist what God has deemed correct. And that's due to the fall in the Garden of Eden. The Apostle Paul writes this, and and he's going to quote the Old Testament here. He says, as it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. That's from Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. Now, the Apostle John in the fourth gospel would write this. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. John 3, 19. You see where the Bible is starting to go with the tendency of mankind to choose. They're choosing, not necessarily the specific choice, but the way they come to making that choice. And there are, there are many other similar quotes than the two I just read you. There's, there's many from the Synoptic Gospels, um, and from the Old Testament, you have Jeremiah, uh, Ecclesiastes. Um, you jump back to the New Testament, you have a lot of the writings of Paul from 1 Corinthians and Romans, etc. There are quite a few verses that speak to man's greatest inclination to make particular decisions. And that tendency always points to sin sin being anything in opposition to God and what God has deemed right. So simply put here, we are unable not to sin. That is our tendency. So if we are, as man would say, entirely free to choose to do the right thing all the time on our own, if we like, will we do that? Well, according to the Bible, we will not. And this is supported even by the world around you. There is no one that we can point to that does good all the time. Genesis supports this. The very first book of the Old Testament says this, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. That's right before the flood. Genesis 6, verse 5. So look around at the world, folks. Even look to ourselves. When we do a seemingly good thing, there's always a pound of flesh in it. That's a humble factor we need to accept. We may think we have moments of humility where our tendency is only for good, but even in those moments, they're steeped in pride. The theologian Andrew Murray, he said this. It's a very, very interesting and and heartfelt quote. He said, the tricky thing about humility is when you think you have it, you immediately lose it. Consequently, as the Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans, he said, we are slaves to sin and, and we're really not free at all. This is because our greatest tendency is to choose against God. We cannot dig down at any time into the depths of our soul and pull up the power of our will to forego all sin and and fully accept God on our own and do the right thing all the time without any pause. Our will is just simply not inclined to do that. So how is this 
problem, this tendency addressed in Scripture so that man can accept God. Not operate perfectly, but at least accept what God has deemed to be right. Well, I think the Apostle Paul put it best, and there's many points in Scripture we can look at, but for the purposes here, the Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to the church in Ephesus, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. We can break that down pretty heartedly, but essentially it's the ability for us to accept God and do what is right only comes from God because we are inclined. Our greatest tendency is to do the opposite. Folks, man's first sin was pride and will continue to do so. And for most of us, pride will be our last sin. Because even in our final moment, pride will be at our side. The biblical concept here of free will is not about what we can or cannot do. It's not about that. Instead, it is about what he, Jesus Christ, the Holy Son of God, has done already. That is when we truly become free. Thank you for listening. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you and give you peace. Next up on Open Your Bibles, we'll look at the biblical principle and the practice of the Lord's Supper. God bless you all. Remember, the Bible cannot mean today what it did not mean then. 